0: So you probably are aware by now that we use Anchor.fm here on this podcast for COVID-19 PPC. And I wanted to tell you about Anchor.fm because this is actually the second uh, podcast hosting software I've used. And um, I really like it. I love how easy it is to use. I love the fact that it's free. And they have so many tools here like music and all these different options that help you record and edit your podcast either from your phone or your PC, or your computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you, so that it can be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places, and then also you can even make money from your podcast with minimum, with no minimum listenership, and it's all you need to make a podcast in one place, so if you're new to podcasting, and you're interested in um, getting started, I recommend Anchor.fm. So what you can do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, That's my recommendation. And, um, you know, after almost a year of podcasting, I'm really glad I found Anchor just recently. It just makes things so much easier. And uh, yeah, come check out anchor.fm. Welcome to COVID-19 Public Health Policy and Culture. I'm Dr. April Moreno, presenting information from various sources about the COVID-19 pandemic from public health policy and cultural perspectives. We will be sharing international accounts from policy, public health response, and even personal experiences firsthand about living in this era of COVID-19. Hello and welcome to another episode of COVID-19 PPC, Public Health Policy and Culture. I'm Dr. April Moreno. This episode is about doing the unpopular thing in this crisis. But before that, just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the updates around here from the United States where we are recording this podcast. It's been an interesting time. It is definitely growing in number here. Apparently, we are surpassing the world at this time with the cases. So there's been some really difficult stories to hear about people who are working in the medical field without the necessary gear in many cases. And we'll be hearing a little bit more about that in a coming episode. But also, there have been some really amazing stories in the world where there was a woman in her uh, hundreds, she's over 100 years old, in Italy who has recovered from the virus, which is amazing and wonderful news. You know, it's it's good to hear some of the stories about how the public is supporting the medical community during this difficult time. And the new heroes of the world being our supermarket workers, our mail carriers are the people who do all the essential necessary services that keep us all surviving. So that is wonderful news to hear that those in the healthcare field are being uh, appreciated and recognized in, in the hospitals, the emergency rooms. They are amazing and they are truly heroes. Some questions I had over the past few episodes Some of those questions have been answered recently. One of the questions I had was about public spaces. I was asking this question in episode one about why or how is it okay for beaches, parks, hiking trails to be open Especially in highly populated areas where we're trying to protect everybody. You know, if everyone's out there doing it like a vacation, which I mean, it makes sense, who wants to be cooped up? But then we started to see things in Florida where people did get sick after celebrating spring break out there. We did start to see that here in Southern California, the parks, beaches, and trails have started to be closed. Although I'm looking at statewide news and there are still some parks that are open, maybe in more of the sparser parts of the state. California is a gigantic state. We have Southern California, we have Northern California, and then we even have a far Northern California. I can see where things are more sparse up there. I'm looking at this website on Mercury News where as of only two days ago, the parks that were parking lots were closed more northern california number just a few out there but then in los angeles or even in san diego there's a lot more closure likely because of how much more condensed it is here and that started to see that people were not able to follow a six foot rule of distance um, because there were so many people in the area still seeing that some parks are still open actually the other question i had though was about food handling, food preparation, and delivery services. I know it made me nervous to want to order restaurant food. I mean, I definitely miss my favorite Thai restaurant. I miss some of the food that I love going out to get. Sometimes I really want a burger. But after what I saw the other day, we're just not seeing a lot of protective gear being used. We're not seeing the mask. We're not seeing the gloves. And in theory, people are supposed to stay home if they're sick, but if you're looking at a situation where people aren't getting paid, they probably don't want to tell you that they're sick. And in a situation where food delivery services are crucial, in many cases, they risk actually not getting paid if they are sick and they, in many cases, could still show up to work. And so that was my question in terms of like environmental health and policy and whether that was something that we should be concerned about. And I'm looking here at the Los Angeles County's Environmental Health Food Inspection Report. Some of the guidelines do require that someone doesn't have a communicable disease. So if someone is aware of an employee... Okay, so you have to actually be aware that your employee has an illness that they're diagnosed with unless they are aware of gastrointestinal illness. Yeah, so there are major communicable disease restrictions, but basically you have to be aware that someone is sick. A lot of it has to do with gastrointestinal disease or lesions or wounds on the hand. So there's not much here in terms of like coughing, sneezing, difficulty breathing, viruses, not seeing a whole lot of language there. There's one about no discharge from the eyes, nose nose, and mouth, that's another restriction. This category is minor if they're experiencing sneezing, coughing or runny nose associated with discharge from the eyes, nose or mouth. What I'm seeing is that restrictions are relatively not highly enforced in terms of how restaurants would handle the food for delivery services just so we know that so that's been a concern of mine and one response to this was that so according to mercury news currently there's no evidence of food or food packaging being associated with transmission like other viruses it's possible that the virus that causes covid19 can survive from the, the 16th so we are seeing that this is supposed to be from the Food and Drug Administration. The Food and Drug Administration is actually answering a ton of great questions. FDA.gov answering questions about whether the food supply is safe, saying there's no evidence of food being associated or food packaging being associated with COVID-19. Here's another one. Can I get it from a food worker handling my food? Currently, there's no evidence of food or food packaging being associated. So they're saying that there's no risk. But so that's one response that I've seen. Another response to this is something you'll hear in another episode. It has to do with the approach in another country. And I'm hearing in this interview where the restaurants are closed because of the fact that we don't know how people are managing with gloves and masks and protecting our food from being sneezed on, coughed on. I think that's still something that we need to be concerned about. And there's also a difference between what is fact and what is true, right? So what I'm seeing here is this is true to their knowledge that we're not at risk what they've seen to be true, but the facts will remain to be seen. I personally don't feel safe eating food that may be contaminated. I don't feel safe knowing that someone is talking over my food or handling my Starbucks cup without gloves. so much about hand washing, but you know, without gloves, people are still handling stuff we've seen it in in and out we've seen it in certain restaurants fast food places and um again i mean there's not really that whole lot of supply anyway so that's the answer to that question that i had about food and policy in terms of culture today i can just share that i'm still not seeing a whole lot of personal level enforcement in my in the news in many cases i'm still seeing um cases where people are not quite enforcing that six foot distance seeing it in governmental meetings i've still seen people getting really close to each other in my neighborhood i've seen people getting really close to each other at the parks even beaches just last weekend before the restrictions locally took place people decided to spend a weekend vacation on the boardwalk very crowded spaces so culturally i don't know what it takes for people to as a whole to understand the importance but then at the same time i think people will start to understand it once it is already in the neighborhood and it's basically too late to prevent it so a lot of seeing is believing is what i'm seeing unfortunately but in many other cases we are seeing that cities and streets are a lot emptier Uh, We are seeing that there's a pending potential strike with some of these supermarket delivery um, services because of the lack of gear and protective pay for the work that they do. And the work that they do right now is so important. People who work in the supermarkets, people who provide these delivery services, the UPS, the post office, the postal service, people who continue to work in person in customer service jobs, people who are still Interacting on a daily basis with the public. You are doing very crucial and essential work at this time, and much gratitude. Of course, the healthcare workers, they're doing so much crucial work. And in an upcoming episode, we'll be hearing a little bit more about what that experience has been like in the United States. Let's go ahead and proceed with this week's episode on doing the unpopular thing, making the unpopular decision in Spain. This is an interview with Amy Kankren. She's an author, is a business owner. Uh, She lives and works remotely from the United States, but she's based in Barcelona, sharing a little bit more about what the culture of this shutdown has looked like in Spain, how she's doing, how she practices self-care and wellness over there, and what it was like to do the unpopular thing at the time to be proactive against this virus. I hope you enjoy this episode. We are speaking to Amy Kankrin today. She's going to be sharing what's going on on her side of town in Spain. Thank you so much for, for being here. with
1: About that. Hi, how are you, April? Thanks for having me. My name is Amy. I live in Barcelona, Spain. I'm married with two kids, 13 years old. A 13-year-old girl, an 8-year-old boy. Um, we live in the city just a little bit north. of We moved from the United States in uh, 2016, so we've been here for a while. But yeah, we actually still work online through, mm-hmm. and do our business from America, so that's how we, we still generate income. The kids go to local public schools, and we've been integrating and traveling around Europe and, you know, just really... We've been living here and we're part of the community now.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that we can work remotely these days. It's, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's great that like you're in San Diego and I'm in Barcelona and we can have this, this chat.
0: This important chat. Since you've been there for a few years now, can you tell us what the mood is like? What has it been like recently compared to what you've seen in other times?
1: Well, I do want to say a caveat right now. I'm in the region of Spain that's called Catalonia. That's like the northeastern region on the border of France. So the way that Spain is broken up, like Catalonia would be akin to a state. So it would be like the state of Catalonia. They call it regions and so forth. Right now, there's been an explosion in coronavirus cases. And the epicenter right now is the Madrid region, which is the capital. We're pretty far away from that, but we're the second most major city in Spain so we're right behind them it kind of exploded in February there was this big conference it's called Mobile World Conference it's the biggest mobile conference in the world to where mobile phone manufacturers debut their new products and everything like that it was supposed to be for February it's like a huge moneymaker for Barcelona it's the biggest conference Mm -hmm. and they canceled it because of the coronavirus spread in China and that was they it took a long time for them to do that but they finally decided to cancel it so we thought okay good 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 they're looking out for the health because there's a lot of people that would have come from China and all over the world so they canceled it and at the time we probably had 10 20 people in Spain, you know, I mean, two people in Spain with coronavirus. Now, I've been tracking this since December, January. Yes, yeah, so I was really concerned. So when that didn't happen, I felt so much better. But as time went on, I think the end by the end of February, they started having cases. February 25th was they started having cases, but it was growing slowly. And I'm like, I'm still a little bit like, oh, I don't like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Personally, I started panicking last week. Mm-hmm. I watched the numbers go up in Catalonia, like every day it'd be like, okay, there's 20 cases. Okay, next day there's twenty-four cases. Okay, next day they, it's 34 cases, all you know, all in. Mm-hmm. And then last week, Sunday, it went up by 29 cases in one day. And I was like, this is not getting better. This is not getting better. The next day was Monday and my son went to school, but I was I was just uneasy with it. And then when I got him for lunch, because i picked him up for lunch, you know, swing two and a half hour lunch, mm-hmm. I picked him up for lunch and I was like, I went to the school and I'm like, what are you guys doing about this? And they're like, well, we have to wait for the Department of Education to close the schools. But, you know, by the time the government acts, it's usually too late. So I was like, you know, I don't know. I came home. And I was like, I'm not bringing him back today. And I haven't brought him back since. Mm -hmm. So that was on Monday. So my son stopped going to school on Monday. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, her last day was Tuesday. She's a teenager. And when I came home, I found out that the nursery school next door had a positive case. Mm -hmm. Next door? Uh, Yeah, to my son's school.
0: Yeah.
1: So I was like, you know what? This is too much. But what I do is everybody in the neighborhood knows us. I'll talk to the people at the market, I'll talk to people at the stores, and I ask them, and these are Catalans, these are Spaniards, and I'm like, how do you feel about this? And they're like, ah, tranquilo, it's okay. You know, everybody was real, kind of nonchalant Mm -hmm. about it. As far as around in my immediate area, people are really calm. They're really just like taking this in stride.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's good that you, you know, listened to your intuition and decided not to have your son go back to school and then finding out that that report a case next door was um But
1: even with the report next door they didn't close my son's school Hmm. so it's very difficult as a parent to make that decision to keep your kids home because you seem crazy people you and they're like oh you're overreacting oh you understand what i mean there's so many other considerations and it's a difficult decision to make Mm -hmm. you know now that the schools are closed the decision is not hard anymore but when you have to kind of step out on your own mm-hmm. and make an unpopular decision just from a feeling or what you see in the world, it's, it's a very difficult, difficult thing.
0: Yes. Because you're
1: like, you know, um, you're going to keep them home. Oh, you're overreacting. What's going to happen in school? Are they going to leave him back? Or is he, he going to be penalized? Because he's not the only one, you know, when you have to step out on your own, it just it just makes everything so much harder.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree, and this is a wonderful kind of central topic of discussion right now in this conversation. Stepping forward and moving forward based on your intuition, despite the unpopular opinion of of what's going on. Like, let me rephrase that. Basically, having the courage to step forward and listen to your intuition, even though it's considered unpopular at this time where other people are relaxing and not taking it seriously in what we're going through. And what's really important to, to emphasize is that, you know, a lot of people will underestimate the importance of what's happening until it's too late. Correct. And it's always at this time, it's just with enough world examples of what's happening. It is much better to be proactive and take that early action and be proactive
1: it is but you know to as an individual person it's hard Mm -hmm. it's hard i mean even as these governments and stuff it's hard to make that unpopular decision because you don't know if you're overreacting you don't know you know what i mean and there are so many other considerations like one of the things i was talking to my husband about is like okay they don't want to close the schools you know but the government as a whole has other motivations Mm -hmm. they have to plan they have to plan for a whole city or a whole you know area of eight million people
0: Mm -hmm. you know what
1: i mean they have other considerations to put into their decisions that i don't you know what i mean imagine
0: like a huge group of people everyone trying to decide where to eat Right. Correct. And how long it would take to get that one decision because you've got to get consensus and you've got to hear the of everybody, the approval of oh, everybody. You know, who
1: has allergies, who doesn't like this type of food, all of this. That's what the governments are faced with. They yeah. have to make huge decisions for many people. And there's a lot of motivations. There's economic. There is this. There's that. You know, quite frankly, personally, I don't care. You know what I mean? Close the schools. (laughs) Yes. But I understand they have a responsibility to the masses. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make making these major decisions. That's going to slow it down. Mm -hmm. But while they're making these decisions, sicknesses are spreading. Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. That's another major point that understanding the fact that in government, whether it be federal, local, state, uh, regional. They have to make decisions based on consensus. We call it competing values in public administration. Exactly. So are, you know, when people have to come to a consensus and listen to all these different uh, perspectives, meanwhile, there's a, an urgent national emergency going on. And in this case, it's a public health emergency beyond geographic borders.
1: Correct.
0: Uh, so it's really important for us to kind of be willing to risk taking that unpopular opinion and moving forward in a way that speaks to our intuition. I'm just my small family unit here. We're able to make that decision now and to protect ourselves in a way that makes sense to us. And so what's going on at the school? Is it still open? Did they finally? No, 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 no.
1: They've actually closed the schools by Wednesday or Thursday. They said they were going to close the schools. So schools have been closed since Friday.
0: Okay, so in
1: cool. essence, we were about three days early from uh-huh. without decision- yeah, um, as you've seen, but,
0: day by day, it does matter in terms of numbers. So, yeah. It's better.
1: And now Spain has like 7,000 cases, mm-hmm. um, mainly in Madrid, but Catalonia, where I'm at, is edging towards a 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, they've locked down an uh, entire town where they found an outbreak
0: mm-hmm.
1: here in Catalonia, mm-hmm. um, which I think accounts for about, 70 or 80 cases. I actually have a friend who's who caught it
0: oh you know somebody who has it
1: I do and um, you know she's going through it and she's young and you know and it's been yeah. rough
0: yeah and then there's this other conversation out there and I'm going to be addressing this in another episode about the severity of this mm-hmm. so a lot of people are downplaying it saying it's just the flu and if you're young you're okay um you know having that conversation on whether like you should still take it seriously as a younger person, a healthy person. So curious to hear how she's been doing.
1: Well, yeah, she's, um, it started off slow and then like two nights ago, she was like fever, body aches, just pain all over, just absolutely miserable, extremely tired. Today, she's doing a little better. Called it in and they told her to stay home mm-hmm. until unless it starts to affect her breathing
0: okay. She's still at home. What is Mm -hmm. testing like in Spain? Is it pretty easy to get the test?
1: They ask you a couple of questions and then someone comes to your house to take the test. Okay. So you don't go anywhere. They come to you. Okay. But I've been hearing recently, like in my area, some of the questions that they ask, it didn't allow everyone to qualify to be tested. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Okay. But they have
1: been testing. I just don't know, you know what I mean, what the criteria is.
0: Can you tell me, based on your opinion, what is going well in terms of the way they're managing it? So are you currently on lockdown?
1: Yes, the entire country.
0: Okay. And when did that start? The entire
1: country of Spain is on lockdown.
0: Since when? Today. In your opinion, what is going well in terms of how they're managing COVID-19?
1: Constant press conferences. I mean, they, the government is as transparent as I think they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, They're being quite honest. They're putting a lot of responsibility into people's hands, but they're cracking down now. Um, Just keeping the information going. Mm -hmm. That's what I find. It's very, very good. They've done a state of... Emergency in the entire country, and that allows them to take over private hospitals because this has been being done by public it, you know Spain has an ex- excellent public health care system, so everything has been done through the public system right now, mm-hmm. and what the president has done um, with the state of emergency, they have the option now to put in service private hospitals private hotels mm-hmm. so yeah they 're taking it seriously and so that 's pretty good they seem. Oh, um, on Monday, the Catalan Health System, they're going to start trialing um, antiviral, a trial to see for, for people who are going through this. Yeah, so that's, that's good news. You it know, is. they're going to be putting in practice and they're going to do a clinical trial and they'll have the results in 21 days. Yeah, it starts tomorrow. I don't know how, what the criteria is. Like I said, they just announced it, but they're going to be treating people with coronavirus with this antiviral. To mm-hmm. so fully reduce the viral load, that's what they're doing.
0: I'm so glad to hear that. And then, in your opinion, are there things that could be improved? Things that could have been improved? Um, any recommendations? I
1: think uh-huh. they could have done it earlier. They should have seen this coming. Um, also, there was a Women's Day march on Sunday, which I thought was insane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Were, like thousands of people marching. Obviously, I support Women's Day and stuff, but they should not have been out there. You know, I'm sure that was one of the the catalysts for the spread of infection that mm-hmm. you're seeing now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that for a lot of a lot of reasons, they, the Spaniards did not take it seriously. You know what I mean? And I think that even in Madrid and, and different places, people, when the country's gonna go on lockdown, they try to go to their second homes on the coast. Or you know, it's like people still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they they should have still started earlier. Mm-hmm. They're a week behind. Yeah. And a week ago, the numbers didn't look like this. You know what I mean? I think the cases went up probably 5,000 in a week, you know, and maybe they weren't ready to do it then, but they should have done the unpopular opinion a week ago. We we are at least a week late. The country, at least it's something. Yeah. And I think it was once again, nobody wanted to make that unpopular decision.
0: Can you tell us about any reports on like you mentioned one person that you know a friend of yours who is young who is infected in terms of hospitalizations have you seen any information on like whether it's only older people going to the hospital or are you seeing like all ages going in for care is there anything well, in
1: the beginning when it wasn't that many cases we would get like details of ages and how they got it and so forth now that the cases at least in Catalonia, now that the cases are more, you don't see it as much. And that was the other thing that kind of kept everybody calm. The cases that were shown in Barcelona from say two weeks ago, they were all people from Italy or people Mm -hmm. that had traveled recently Mm -hmm. and they were putting people in quarantine and they were reaching out and tracking all the people that they were around and putting those people in quarantine. You know what I mean? So it seemed controlled. You know, they didn't feel like there was any level of community spread. They were being very cautiously optimistic that they wouldn't have to do these measures. But then I think it just exploded. You know what I mean? And they found community spread in a small town. Not even like the city of Barcelona, a small town in yeah. the region. I've read a couple of reports of people at the public service and they're like, they're but this was Two Weeks ago, I don't know what it is now. They're being treated well, very attentive, mm-hmm. boring, but it's fine. The ages are varied. It was like two weeks ago, there was a 29 year old girl with a serious pathology, but she came in with pneumonia and she was, she came in serious, and it took them like two days to diagnose her. But for the most part, it's Really between like 30s and then it goes up to like 70s and 80s.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's important
1: to note. There's an older population here in Spain, a lot, all ages. As far as, like I said, there was a 29-year-old girl who was serious. The older generation, they can be serious. I don't
0: know. Younger than 60 and are going to the hospital. I want to make that clear to people.
1: There are. I mean, we've definitely heard it in Italy. I'm in contact with people in Italy and they have people of all ages, I mean, from 18 and up mm-hmm. who are intubated in the hospital. So,
0: What is helpful for the world to know at this time, in your opinion?
1: Definitely take it seriously. Stay healthy and stay away from crowds. Take this seriously. You don't want to get sick, even if it's, people think it's going to come, go mild. And for a lot of people, it, it's not that bad. But if you look at it, who wants to get sick at all? And you know, it might not be that bad for you, but it might be terrible for the person that gets it after you. So listen, you know what I mean? Listen to what people are saying. Listen to what medical people are saying. Stay away from crowds. Um, I say, you know, if you have masks, wear it. You know, I, I hear that it is airborne at times. You know what I mean? And it can stay in the air for um, times. I've read that. And stay healthy. You know, part of it is also, boosting your immune system and making sure that, you know, not only should you practice social distancing and not going out with people and so forth, I definitely think you should also boost your immune system, vitamins, exercise, feeling good, meditation, you know, whatever it is that also um, if you need psych- um, mental medication, because, you know, stress will reduce your immune system. Yeah. So everything to do, everything to help your immune system, and stay away from crowds and, you know, reduce going out for a little while. It's not that long. People are like, oh my God, two weeks? It's not that long.
0: Mm-hmm. And so how are you practicing self-care at this time? How are you, how are you relaxing? It's kind of hard right now,
1: to be honest. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. Oh. I'm, doing a, I'm playing a lot of games on my phone. <laughs> oh. Staying away from the news, you know, like simple matching games, you know. Oh. I love The Flash, <laughs> so I've been binge-watching the TV shows, like, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, stuff that makes me feel good.
0: That, that's it. I'm trying to figure out a way and exercise it. Thank you so much for this information. It's really good to hear what's going on on the other side of the world
1: me and my husband do a podcast as well <laughs> it's called what's the point um t-h-a what's the point point? and we cover um general just total general things just what's going on in the world what's going on with us family life it's real it's a lot of times it's very funny and um husband and wife team podcast
0: awesome. so it's what's
1: the point um amy and gregory kankren and it's everywhere podcasts are available
0: Thank you so much for this information and thank you for being here today on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. This has been great.
0: Thank you and take good care.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: So I hope you enjoyed the episode that was with Amy Kankren living in Barcelona telling us about what it's like to live in the era of COVID-19 with a national shutdown and what it's been like culturally and um, as the cases continue to grow um, just wishing them all the best over there in Spain and uh, I really enjoyed hearing about this topic of the unpopular opinion and really ultimately it's really about us listening to our intuition listening to ourselves even when other people are not taking it seriously because in most cases people are not going to believe things until they see it and in the case of infectious disease pandemics this is not the kind of response that's going to be the best choice Uh, In the case of something like infectious disease, you look at trends, you look at data ahead of time, and then you need to take your best judgment, make your best judgment to decide what type of protective measures and responsive, proactive measures that you're going to be taking to protect yourselves and your family and your community. So thank you so much for listening and uh, feel free to uh, follow us and subscribe on iTunes. We're available on iTunes now. Yay! also on Spotify and also anchor.fm slash COVID-19 PPC. Thank you.